Awesome. Awesome. Man, I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. Yeah, okay, so-so. All right, that's cool. Let's be honest, right? You ever notice, man, sometimes you can go through some of the darkest and deepest storms, but yet you come out on the other side just going, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for even when I don't see it clearly, God, you see it clearly. You know what's on the other side of this storm. And no matter what, Lord, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust in you. You know, I, um, I love comedians. Does anybody like to laugh? Yeah. Right? All right, see, I like to laugh. And here's me, right? I don't do well telling someone else's joke. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an impromptu guy. Some of you guys say, Pastor, where do you come up with this stuff when you're, I don't know, it just happens. All right, it's one of them deals. But I, uh, I follow this one comedian, Christian comedian on Instagram. And uh, I was checking, you know, yesterday, going through it, which I'm going to hit some of you up on some of that tonight, this morning, in, in the message on being on social media. But anyway, I was, I was on social media, go figure that one, right? And I was checking out a, a comedian on Instagram, and he partnered up with another comedian I never heard of before. And I was sitting there listening, I was like, man, that guy is funny. You know, so I, I went over to his page, and I'm looking, and I scrolled down through, and, and I found this one, this little, like, two-liner joke that he gave. So I'm going to attempt to tell you the joke. You need to laugh whether or not you think it's funny, all right? Because I'm the type of guy, if I'm telling someone else's joke, it's not funny, all right? But listen to this, and it speaks to me. You'll know why it speaks to me, especially my regular people, my visitors. You might find out a little bit later on why this speaks to me. Raising toddlers is like moving a mattress. Even when you've got it, you really never do. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever tried to move a mattress? Like, they don't put handles on those things. You're holding it like this while you're going up five flights of stairs. You know what I'm talking about? And that's, you know what? I, I, I listened to that and I was like, man, that, there's so much truth to that. Right when I think I've got it down, I don't. I just don't. Man. All right, let's check this out. We're, gonna, we're, we're in this uh, sermon series called Wisdom That Goes a Long way. Wisdom that goes a long way, right? We all need to be wise. Amen? Amen. We all need more wisdom. Here we go. Let's take a look. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. The scripture says, wisdom is supreme. Stop right there. What does that mean? That means it's at the top of the list with God. I mean, it's important. He's saying this is something you need to get, all right? Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Look at the person beside you. Say this, get wise. Get wise. All right, that is your moment to really give it to the spouse right there in church. Get wise. All right, it says, therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Now, we understand this. Knowledge, here's what knowledge is. Knowledge is being trained up. Knowledge is educating ourselves. Knowledge is reading. Knowledge is doing everything we need to do to gain information about something. Wisdom is how you live it out. Okay, wisdom is how you live it out. Like a lot of people can be well-versed within the scriptures, but have no wisdom when it comes to the scriptures. Did you like that? It kind of step on your toe a little bit? Maybe. Right? Understanding how to live these things out. We know that in the book of Proverbs, there are four different types of people that it really talks about. The first one we looked at was simple, right? The simple. What is the simple? The simple are usually the youth. Young at heart, right? The simple. What, what are they? They are the individual that they don't know any better because they've not experienced anything yet. 
or they've not been taught something, right? Many of you, like me, in my life, I've been called a simpleton before, all right? My dad, that was like my nickname, okay? You're a simpleton, all right? Then here we go, the fool. We talked about the fool. The fool is this, what? Knowing what you're supposed to be doing, knowing the information, but refusing to do it. How many fools? Oh, you bunch of liars, right? Yeah, we're fools. All right, then, then we had the mocker or the scoffer. What is that? That's the individual that knows what they're supposed to be doing, chooses not to do it, and then criticizes everyone else for doing it. Just look at your social media. You're going to see that all over the place, right? That's not what we want to be whatsoever. And then we learn about the fourth person, and that is the wise. Understanding, get wisdom. The Bible tells us to get wisdom, to gain all the wisdom that you can possibly get. So how do we gain wisdom? Well, it starts out by simply the fear of the Lord. We read that in our first series, or our first message of the series. Not being afraid of God. Not that, all right? But honoring God. Respecting God. God, respecting his word, honoring him, praising him, giving the worship that he so desires. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23 says this, the fear of the Lord leads to what? Life. The fear of the Lord leads to life. You've heard the saying, oh, get a life. Well, get Jesus, right? The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests. Who likes to rest? Who likes to rest? It was funny. The other day, I was parenting by myself. I got corrected one time when I said I had to watch my kids. They said, no, you're parenting. I said, okay, you're right. I'm parenting. All right. All right. So I'm parenting. And uh, this was on Friday. I was parenting. I was parenting pretty well too. All right. So I thought, and, 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 you know, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon while I was parenting and the boys were doing their thing. And, and so I thought, and uh, I, I'm sitting in a recliner and I felt like this incredible, or it was the desire of the Lord for my life at that moment to take a nap. God was calling me to a nap time. Like when you're young, you don't want nap times. It's like when you hit 40 and above, it's like nap times are cool. Like nap times are needed. And I sat there and I was like, where are the boys? What's going on? You know? And, and, and then I said, you know what? They're good. They're on their tablets. They're on social media. No, they're not on social media. But they're playing, playing games. And I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute. And here comes little feet. Daddy, come on, let's go play. Daddy, let's go outside. Daddy, let's go to the pool. Daddy, let's go. Do-. And I'm like, it's my nap time. Like when you were little, I didn't disturb you in your nap time. Because I knew better. But now when it's my nap time, you want to disturb me. Right? There's nothing like what being in a rest. Okay, there's nothing like when we can we can sit back and it says then one rests. Here's the key word that we're going to look at today. Content, content, what untouched by trouble, it goes on to say. So we're going to talk today about the idea of contentment, not settling two different things. What we're going to do is we're going to define this because I think a lot of things can come to mind when we talk about contentment. Thoughts of happiness, thoughts of satisfaction. We can also be negative when we think of contentment or complacency. This verse really gives us the clearest picture of what contentment really means. It's all about life. Not just breathing air, but being content in the Lord's promises that we will, what, be full in life. It means what? Rest. Rest that includes a peace 
rest that includes a joy or what we would consider as a supernatural touch of God. It's a promise of God to those who are following him. You know, the world can't have contentment unless they're following him. Humanity cannot have contentment in the Lord unless they're what? Following him. Contentment meaning, uh, in, in, in some aspects, living, living in the present and doing it to the fullest degree. In other words, enjoying the moment, enjoying right now. Think about that for a second. How many of you have a schedule that you feel like you're just constantly on the go? Like you need a moment just to step back, relax, and sit down for a second. Yesterday, um, we, we were up in Ocean City, and uh, we, we ate at this nice restaurant, and we sat outside, my, my wife and I, for a moment. <laughs> Things only happen in a moment for us. For a moment, we sat there for a minute, and it was like, huh, content. We watched all these beautiful boats come in and stuff like that. It was a really cool moment. And it was able to, what, rest, enjoy the moment. We have a hard time of enjoying our moments. We're so fast-paced within life that there's a reason why God says, well, we need to rest here for a bit. You need to rest. You need to be content. You need to understand there needs to be some joy. There needs to be some rest. There must be some peace. You've probably heard this statement before, but I'm going to say it. Never have we had more, but enjoyed less. It's as if we are never happy where we are at. We're only happy with where we think we should be at. But if you're like me, every time you get to the next level, you go, I need to get to the next level. I need more. I need to go after bigger things, better things, right? I have young kids, obviously, and I have a lot of stories. Some of you probably think, wow, you know what? This Pat, his house must be a zoo, right? <laughs> Understand, I only tell you what I want to tell you. I pick and choose, all right? But, you know, I, 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 it's funny because, you know, I, I got these kids. I love them. Oh, my goodness, I love them. I love when they go to bed, too. It's great. It's great, you know, peace and quiet, settle down. I love when they go to my mom's. It's great, you know. But, um, you know, I, I tell these stories, and I have people come up to me, these empty nesters. Is anybody an empty nester? I'm going to call you out, okay? That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, I have these empty nesters, and they, they always seem to come up to me after I tell a story about my kids. You know, pastor, pastor, you need to enjoy your moments. You know, you need to enjoy. You're not in my house. You don't know what I, the struggle is real, right? And, and, and so they, they, they tell me you need to you know, enjoy the moment, take a look at it, don't, let, don't wish it away, all these things like that. You know? and, and it's so true because I look at them and, and, and I start reminiscing on when they were younger to where they are now. And I go, you know what? I miss the days when they didn't back talk. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. You know, I miss the days when all I had to do was feed them and wipe them. You know, praise the Lord. You know, now we've got all these other activities that must be included, and it's, 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 life gets crazy. It'll pass you right by, and you'll sit there. A any new parents? Let me give you some advice. Right here, new parents, enjoy the moment. Because she's going to become a toddler soon, and it's going to be like, what? You know, like, this is crazy. But think about that. We're just, we're never happy where we are. I mean, look, look at technology. Look at all the great things that have happened with technology. Never has there been an age where technology has, not, has been so prevalent as what it is now. Supposed to better our lives, but how many know sometimes technology doesn't better our lives? 
Like, everybody's got one of these. Like, my wife took my kid's cell phone away during worship. I thought it was funny. I was laughing. He was not excited about it. I can't wait to have the discussion later, okay? And uh, took the cell phone. You know, we all, we, we have these things. I mean, you guys right now, you're looking at them. Did you see that? Let me show that again. Those on a podcast you can't see or on the radio, I'm sorry. Anyway, the background is my boys. I have to look at it and go, they're beautiful. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. All right? But, but we have these things, and, and, you know, they say that in your smartphone, it replaces actually about 50 items that before smartphones were, came to be, that you would actually have had to entertain within your life or, or use within your life. I mean, think about it. I've got my Bible on here, you know? I mean, I, I, I've got my Bible in here. I've got, I've got apps. That, I've got a calculator. I've got clock. I've got, I've got a workout app that I need to use way more often, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, we've got things on here that are replaced. So uh, technology, but here's what you see a lot of people doing just all the time. Having, yeah, 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 that's great. How's life? Yeah, yeah. I'm so busy right now looking at everybody else's life that I really don't care about your life that's right in front of me right now. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. So much technological advance that we've become just really just stupid when it comes to communication, you know? Um, one of the things that I was sitting there thinking about the other day, my wife and I, last Sunday afternoon, last Sunday evening, actually, we, uh, we, we were sitting there, and, and the boys were, were doing whatever they were doing. They were being quiet, and they were getting along. It was a, it was a peaceful moment. And uh, my wife looks at me with this great idea. Let's watch a movie. Oh, wow. We, we, we never get to do that, you know? So we, we go to the greatest app of all time. Netflix. Boom. Like God created Netflix on the eighth day. Does anybody agree with that? All right. So, so we get on Netflix and, and we find a movie and we're able to watch it. And, and the thought this week come across my mind. There was a time like back 1996, I graduated high school. And uh, I remember, remember, remember Blockbuster Video? Right. When you did not have Netflix or movie gallery, that was the poor version of Blockbuster. You know what I'm saying? And, and so we would have to, what? Back in the day, I'd have to get in my car, you know, drive about 15, 20 minutes away. God forbid that. You know, now I can get it instantly, and it's still not quick enough. You know what I mean? Drive 15, 20 minutes away, go to Blockbuster Video, walk through the door, and here's what you see. You see walls and, and, and aisles of videos, and you're like, I have no idea where the video is that I want to see. So what do you do? You go up to the counter. You see this snot-nosed 20-some-year-old or early 20-year-old, you know, uh, sitting there, and, and they're not worried about you. They're drinking their 7-Eleven Slurpee, you know, watching on, on a regular TV screen back in the day that they were like that thick. Some of them were that small, you know, and they're previewing the newest release, and they don't want you to bother them, you know, and so you go up, and you're like, I'm looking for this movie, and they just point in the general direction. It's that way. Do you remember going up, and you find the movie, or you see the movie box, and here's what you're praying for that the cassette tape is behind the movie box. You guys remember them, right? Maybe, maybe that didn't happen here. Maybe it was just Baltimore thing, okay? But the cassette tape had to be behind the If it was, it was a glorious day. If it wasn't, it was, what's the second best choice? And then you're looking through, right? So then you get the movie, right? You go up to the counter, and then they put it in this plastic thing. They give it to you. You're driving home. And one of the greatest apps that we have is Amazon. Does anybody have Amazon? Do you guys use Amazon? Amazon Prime, praise you, Jesus, right? You order it today, it's here tomorrow sometimes, right? 
my, my wife, she loves boxed.com, right? They need to pay me because I'm always throwing them out in my messages, all right? But boxed.com, she gets like all of our dry goods stuff, you know, all the necessities, whatever it is. And they deliver it to my door. And it's funny to watch the UPS man. Caden did this the other day. He goes, Daddy, the guy in the brown truck's here. I said, oh, your mother's ordered something again, you know? And, and so he's, he gets up on the back of the couch, and he's peeking through the window and just watching. He goes, he's really struggling with the box. This is funny, you know? And I look, and I go, oh, it says boxed.com. Yes, he's struggling. I am too financially because of this, you know? But remember, you know, you had to actually go to a store and buy stuff, Right? You know, and, and so you, on the way home, you're going to the store and you're buying popcorn, you know. And so then you get home, you, and here's what you had to do. You had to take, take, take the lid off the case, take the VHS out, and a VHS player. They're like, what is that? The younger generation, what? What is a v, what, v, what? So then you take it and you put it in, and then you fast forward through the previews. You don't, because all those movies are all old now. You've already seen them anyway. Right? So you get through them, you go all the way through, and you, know, you usually got, what, two days of rental, a day, two days, something like that. You, you're like, what, where's this going, Pastor? Just follow me, okay? So then you, 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 you're going through it, you finish watching it, and then the FBI warning, you know what that means? Comes up, you must rewind, or the FBI is going to come knocking on your door. Right? If you don't rewind the movie, they're coming to get you, you know? We have so much that is ready available at our fingertips. That really, it's, in, in a lot of sense, it's made things so much more difficult. We've become much more less satisfied culture than ever before. And the question is, why are we so happy when we have so much? Why are we not happy with what we have? Why are we not happy with, watch this, who we're even living with? What is creating this discontent. What we have here is simply this, a culture of comparison. Wouldn't you agree that we live in something like that? Um, let's take a look in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy or comparison, but envy, what, rots the bones. Because life moves so fast, we don't know how prevalent it really is right now. In comparison, what it does, it breathes lives, or lies, excuse me, right into our lives. Comparison makes life all about, here's a couple things I got for you. Number one, the wrong perspective. Try every single day to convince ourselves that what we have is simply not good enough. That this goes all throughout humanity. It goes through all throughout the culture that we live in. Our technological advancements that we have today breathe this into our lives. From the moment we wake up, many of you, you jump right on social media. And you see that someone else has something that you don't have. And you think, I need to have that right away. No matter how good it may be going for you, you need to have that right away. We get sucked into comparison all the time, looking at our lives, comparing it to other people. And, and we, you might go into it happy looking, and then you go, oh, well, my life really isn't all that great after all. And so we have created a culture of comparison. The other day, yesterday, 
It's, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. We were, uh, like I said, we were up in Ocean City, and my wife and I, we were sitting, after we ate, we were sitting there for a minute, and we were looking at all these boats, all these beautiful boats that were coming in from this uh, tournament. And, and so we're sitting there looking at them, and, and I go, you know, I have a, I have a Carolina skiff, right? You'll, you'll hear something here in a minute. I have a Carolina skiff. She really hurt my feelings, okay? And, and I said, I looked at her, I said, babe, because she's a babe. She's the hottest thing in the world, just so you know. All right. <laughs> Hands off, guys. And, and I said, babe, we need a better boat. And she goes, you can't function the one you have now. She's right, you know, I'm, I'm like, like, if you see me at the boat ramp, move. I am that guy. I need the entire boat ramp. All right? But look at that. We look at that with new things all the time. New cars, new boats, right? New house, new clothing. You know, we need all of these things. Look, we even do that within relationships. I feel for single people right now. Think about that. I do. I feel for them in this season. Why? Because you go on, on social media, what do you see? People getting engaged or people getting married. You know, and they're like, oh, well, my life stinks. No, it's not. God just has not said, he's got the right one for you. It's just not that time yet. I want you to be encouraged in that. All right? Allow God to do what God needs to do. Don't compare and settle. Go after with what God has led and designed for your life. All right? There's my single people preach there, all right? We've created a culture that we, what, what we have is simply not good enough. You know what they say about social media? I was talking to somebody before church about this. They say 10 minutes or more on social media for the day, and you are less satisfied, less happy, and more stressed, and have more anxiety within your life. I can believe that, can't you? All right, here we go. Number two, one of the things that, about comparison is this. We have the wrong presumption. In other words, if I had what I don't have, I would be happy. Every day we are bombarded with that message. Every billboard that you see, you know, everything that you are seeing out there, here's how you can get happy. You're one purchase away from happiness. You're one click away from happiness, right? 1995 will change your life for whatever. That new fitness plan Man, it's stupid, right? I, I get on social media and I look and I always, because, you know, I like to look at like different fitness plans, but I never do them. You know what I mean? I got my own. It's working out pretty well. Sometimes. And, and so you see all these guys that go from this to that. And I'm like, no, they did not. No, that's Photoshopped. You know what I mean? But what we do is, is we think that we can get better by just one thing away, one click away, one purchase away, one relationship away. And then when we get to that, what do we want? We want more. We're not happy. We're not satisfied. Um, comparison is a moving target. You get what you thought you wanted, and then you get it, and you only want more. You know, I want us to grow. I want us to be wise in a much better way. Solomon realized that there was a problem. And he kind of is like, you know what, we need to fix this. God's word, I want you to know this, has your answer. Solomon had everything. He was wealthy. He had done everything in order to fill the voids in his life, but he realized how big contentment really was. Let's take a look 
in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Do you ever feel like sometimes you're just chasing after the wind? Like you're attaining, trying to attain a goal that you can never just live up to? Well, how about we do this? Let's live the life that God has for us. Let's live in the purpose, plan, and will that God has designed. Let's live in content, which is what? Full of joy, full of life, full of rest, full of peace. How do we get there? The Bible gives us a great example through the Apostle Paul. I mean, if you know, throughout all the people in God's word, I, I believe Paul definitely showed this, leads the pack. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13 says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be, to be what? Content. Whatever the circumstance. Like, this isn't something you're born with. This is that something that you're learned with. Okay? Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry... Whether living in plenty or in what? Want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Now, typically we use that scripture when it comes to sporting events and things like that. But re really Paul was saying was he was showing this in relationship with being content. There's three secrets uh, to what I think of Paul's life concerning contentment. And the first one is this. Realize what we have. We could all sit here and make a list of the things that we wish we could have or the things that we don't have right now within our lives. The things that we need God to do. And you, well, listen to this. God's not upset about that. God's actually cool with that. One, it's opening up communication with you and him. You know, a relationship can only be fruitful and healthy when there's communication. I, I know a few weeks back, I went through a stretch when I was like, you know what, God? You know, things are getting tough. It seemed like problem after problem, mistake after mistake, situation after situation was just coming my way. And, and typically, I'm a pretty, like, confident person. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I know who's, who I serve. I know who's called me. And I know who's directing my path. But let's just be honest. When things really start to pile up, sometimes you go, not sure where you're at, Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Can I be transparent there for a moment with you? God, I'm, 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 you know what? It's getting heavy. The weight, the weight of everything is getting a little bit heavy, and, and I'm not sure what's going on here. And, and I actually, you know, my schedule was off. Is anybody routine? You, you got a routine? You love to live that routine, right? I'm that way. And if I get knocked off my routine, oh, my goodness. A day's fine. Two days, it's over. Life is over. Like I failed at everything in life, you know? And it was like two weeks, three weeks going like this. And I was just like, Lord, I, just, I can't do this. And he's like, you're right, you can't. I can now. You can't handle this, but I'm handling it for you. You know, you just need to be content right now. You need to rest. You need to have joy. You need to have peace. You need to know who you serve, Kevin. And you need to, be, to allow me to move and, and strategically place these things where they need to be within your life. Because there's, watch this, there's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your struggle. God's developing He's helping. He's equipping you, you know. I had to learn that. I had to sit back and go, you know what? I'm a blessed person. 
Let that sink in for a minute. What's going on in life, guys? Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening in your life? What are the things that are preoccupying your mind? And you're even sitting here listening to this, and your mind's over here and over there and up here and down there and all over the place. What's going on in your life? What stresses, anxieties, and worries that you're being consumed with? Let me let you understand something. You, as a Christ follower, are a blessed individual. You are more blessed than you ever deserve. You're more blessed than you can ever understand. The God of this universe has so much love for you. Actually, Acts 17 says that this exact moment, this exact place, because he wants what? The best life for each and every one of us. And he goes a step further, and we know that he gave us the greatest gift of all. And that is what? His son, Jesus Christ, who did what? Died on that cross for your sins. We have so much that we can look at and we can be so full of discontent over, but we have so much to be contentful for. What has God done in your life? For all of us in this room, he's done more than you ever deserve. You might desire more, but listen, understand this. God is a God of provision. If you don't ever receive anything else in life, you've received everything when you accepted Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Jesus offers us what? Grace. He offers us mercy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 says this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to what? Save sinners. <laughs> of whom I am the worst. Now I want to say, no, I'm probably the worst. Hopefully you want to say you're the worst too, okay? But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive what? Eternal life. Verse 17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, maybe it would behoove you to make a list of the things in your life that you do have rather than a list of the things in life that you don't have. You find yourself getting in that moment of, oh, pity and oh, poor me, and look what I don't have. Start getting a pen and paper and start writing. Watch what God just reveals to you of all that you do have and watch how that attitude flips. Number two, make God our source. At the end of the day, our discontentment isn't about stuff. It's not about material. It's about a void within our lives. There's a saying uh, like this, that we were all born with a God-sized hole in our heart that only God himself can fill. There's no answer outside of Jesus Christ. There really isn't. There's no answer. You may be here today. You've tried everything. There seemed to be no answer. But today, let me let you understand something. There is, and that's Jesus Christ. God is the answer to all things. For us as believers, we know that to be true. We've been right there, and by following that same truth, we realize that there was no answer other than God. That only in God you will find the answers that you need. Only in God will you find all that you need. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13 says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence... 
but now much more my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Not, not being afraid of God, but what? Honor and respecting God, okay? For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill what his good purpose is. You know, in the Greek, the idea of working out is pictured of a gold mine, so to speak. You know, salvation is scratching the surface of it. But when you want to work that out, that salvation out, it's like you got to dig a little deeper to get to that gold. You following me here? It's not just enough. I mean, yeah, great salvation. You've got that. But if you want to grow, if you want to flourish when it comes to God, you've got to dig a little deeper. That's, that's getting into God's word. That's spending time in, in prayer with God. That's those spiritual disciplines, fasting, baptisms. That, that's going after God, right? And then, you know what? If you dig deeper, what do you get? More gold. The more you dig, the more you get. Go after that wisdom. Go after that knowledge of God and then live it out in understanding. C.S. Lewis said, it's an onion peel in reverse. Every layer is bigger than the one before. Everything we need and everything we lack is found in Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 in the New Living Translation version says this, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great, what? Wealth. Pursue God through his word and prayer. Listen, it's not a self-help power. It's something that God has given you. Philippians chapter 4, uh, Paul says, I pray because I get what? Transcending peace. Have you ever been in a rotten moment? Let's just be honest. In, in, a, in a really bad moment, you guys have heard my stories. I'm very transparent, right? But you've been in a really rotten moment, and, and, and listen, you knew I need to go pray. You didn't do it because you wanted to. You did it because there's been a discipline that's developed with inside of you. Sometimes, you know what? Doing things out of habit is actually pretty good. It's that discipline that's happening. And so you go into that time of prayer and you're not feeling it. Have I been there? You could re you've got better things to do in your time, so you think. Anybody been there? Right, we've been there. And, and, and so Paul's saying, you look, you know what? You go after God in that and you'll be amazed, even when you don't feel like doing it, the peace that will come over your life. Because watch this. When you get into the presence of God, what must happen? Everything must change. Everything must change. All right, here we go. Number three, closing on this one. Live life on mission. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says this. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. In other words, he, he's saying here, I found a better way to live now. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward of what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. For which what? God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul in this moment had so much purpose 
that he didn't even have time to compare. The wealthiest people on earth don't, live the, don't have the most, but they have the most purpose. They have found what they are living for, and that is Jesus Christ. This, the greatest life that you have is ahead of you. Contentment fills me with life, and it fortifies me from circumstance. Maybe you're here today and you're worn out. I want you to stand with me. Maybe you're here today and you're feeling the pressure of life. You're feeling the, the anxiety. You're feeling the discontent. You're feeling the worry. You're feeling the bothersome. Maybe you're, you're feeling the lonely. I don't know what you're feeling. You're just feeling it. Let's just be honest. Watch this. You don't even know what you're feeling. You're just feeling it. Typically, on a Sunday morning, I, I break things down to two different questions, but I'm just going to do it all together today. Because I just feel that that's what God's, how God's leading us. But maybe you're here today and, and you know what? You're tired of looking for the answers. But maybe you've sensed something different here in the service. Maybe you've, you've sensed God, you know, that maybe God's going, yeah, I needed to hear that. Maybe this is a message you needed to hear today. You know, I, life's just kind of got carried away. I need to relax. I need to be content. I need to rest in his presence. I need to, I, you know what, watch this, I need to slow down. Sometimes we even get to the end of our services and we rush it so we can get out the door. I'm gonna break it down for you this morning. We're gonna slow down for a minute. I want you to slow down. God is saying, here I am. Here I am right now in your life, here I am. There's a presence right now that God's saying, here I am. Don't think about the person beside you. Don't think about what you got to do in the next 30 minutes or so. Just, just relax. Take in this moment. Allow the Holy Spirit, meditate on him for a moment. Don't worry about anything else. Just allow God to speak to your heart. Speak to your mind. Be content right now. Rest in him right now. You need that moment. You need God to, to, to do something. You're tired. You're worn out. God says, here I am. Here I am. You've got the knowledge. You've got the, all of these things. You, 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 you've been learned, <laughs> if that's even a word. You've been educated on the scriptures. You've been ed but you're having a hard time living it out. Here I am right now. Let's be content for a moment. Let's rest in his presence for a moment. You know what? I'm going to ask the team. I guess you guys will sing something. Go right into it. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up this altar. Here's why I'm going to do it today. I want you to come down here. If you want to, if you want to stay there, that's fine too. Whichever, God can move anywhere. Amen. But I do think there's something special about just stepping out though. But I, they're going to sing this song and I want you to come up here. Watch this. I'm not going to come over and lay hands on you and all this stuff. I'm not going to do that this morning. Don't wait on me. I don't want, to, I want, I don't want you to miss on what God has in store for you. But wherever you choose to do this, I want you to just be, sing the song with the team, send up a prayer for your own personal life. Just say, God, here I am. I'm taking a moment. 
I want to rest in you. I need the joy of you. Maybe today you don't know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation for your life. Maybe you'll come up here or you'll, you'll sit where you're at. That's fine too. But your prayer would be, Lord, come into my life. Save me. Be my master. Lead me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins today. Lord, I repent today. But then when the service is over, come see me. Because I specifically want to pray with you. I got something for you. that I know that's going to equip you and help you in your walk. But I don't know about you, but as I've been studying this message this week, I couldn't help but go, Lord, you're speaking to me. I need content. I need to rest. I need to, you know what, God? My mind is going a million miles an hour, and I just need you to pause it. (laughs) I need you to pause it, and I need you to download inside of me what it is that you want to do. So I'm going to invite you right now. Come up here if you want, and let's worship the Lord together. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
salvation, Lord, God, that have, that have taken place in this room this morning. Father, we uplift your holy name, God. We worship you for who you are and what you're doing, even right now, God. But Father, help us in our lives to gain that wisdom, to gain that understanding, to apply it to our lives, Lord, to, to, to be as the word, to be content, said today, to allowing rest, to allowing joy, to allowing peace, to taking time and not being caught up in presumption and not being caught up in comparison. But Father, allowing ourselves to rest in you, to acknowledge, Lord, what you have done in our lives. And God, knowing, Lord, what you are going to continue to do further, Father. So Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. So God, as we leave this place today, proclaim this declaration as the psalmist said. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you. Have a great week.